Hi, comic book readers, and welcome to a new live episode of Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Now, we're going to be doing things a little differently. Normally, this is a show where we take books in the past week, recap them, review them, tell you what we thought about them, and then I recommend comics that are coming out this week that we think you should check out. And we're still going to recommend books, but we're going to do two things. Normally, this is a news and reviews kind of show where we do reviews and we talk about some elements of the comic book industry that we want to talk about. And if there's a comic book movie or a geek culture movie that is particularly uh, pertinent to your interests, we'll also cover that as well because it's a review channel show. Uh, I don't know. Would you call Comic Book Returns a review channel? I did misspeak, but maybe I didn't because I, I think know. it might also be considered to be a, a review channel. That being said, uh, we are still going to recommend comics, uh, but we're going to talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I want to talk a little bit about a, uh, a graphic that came out. We talked about it briefly, but then I, uh, I tweeted about it. And then I saw a couple of people tweet about it a couple hours later. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, talk about being an influencer. I'm going to tell you, right? Ho, 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 zing, boink, fart. But uh, I, I want to talk about that a little more directly uh, because I don't want to get misconstrued. Mm. And I think that, you know, tw since Twitter is effectively dying and uh, the format of trying to articulate your thoughts in a smaller character limit itself is yeah. uh, felonious. Uh, maybe we can actually, you know, get some get some conversations going about sure, this sure, sure. and get some real nuance into the discussion. Okay, I love it. Uh, so uh, let's nuance the hell out. Yes. Of this. So uh, uh, let's jump into that, and then we'll talk about. We'll recommend some books, and then we'll talk about the topic. We're we're mixing things up a little bit, but okay. I uh, I'm pretty excited no, about. But we're not because it's news. That's true. That's true. It's, it is. It's it, the news. And this is the comic section of, here comes of, of the, the news. conversation. Here's the news. So this graphic here, uh, Night Terrors, was released by DC a while ago. I want to mm -hmm. say at least a month, if not two months mm -hmm. ago, uh, that uh, basically clued readers in about what to expect and more hopefully for them, what to buy, since they call it a full event checklist. Right. Uh, this was, I think this predated any art for Night Terrors outside of the front cover. I think that the, uh, the because I think it predates uh, Free Comic Book Day. Maybe, if that's the case, then that was two months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm not sure. Right, so right, right. rather than focus on when it came out, let's talk more specifically about what it means and what it is. Uh, obviously, uh, also a quick addendum to a point i made earlier about night terrors uh, i thought that it was happening concurrently with dc apparently no everything at dc that has the you know that has a character name next to night terrors most of them are getting sidelined for night terrors so it's gonna be night terrors from july to august and then in september your regularly scheduled comics are returning so that was my bad oh okay. I, I misunderstood the okay, uh, okay. the assignment but uh, so <laughs> so essentially what a lot of readers were saying and what, what i'm what i was trying to articulate on twitter was that the consensus from the audience's perspective, as mm -hmm. on Reddit and from you guys out there in the uh, YouTube verse, was that this was essentially a uh, you know, kind of like a, an all clear to skip DC Comics until September. That was that was the consensus that I saw. I know I know it wasn't the overall consensus. I'm not saying that it was what everyone's reaction was, right. and, and, and and quite quite uh, you know the contrary on Twitter. Okay. You know, there were quite a few people, including comic book industry professionals, who were like, what the hell's wrong with this? What are you talking about? Okay. Like, I think it's direct. I think it's earnest. I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's trying to give people, a, 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 you know, a more direct, honest, you know, de depiction of what to expect. This is this is the checklist. This is what to expect. You're welcome. Uh, but right. there's a number of ways they kind of botched the rollout for Night Terrors. And this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I talked a lot. Feel free to weigh in. Tiffany. Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to know a little more about your opinion. Oh, on sure. This before All right. I, I, I jump into it. Oh, anything. well, I think it's a mistake. I think this is a terrible way to do it because I think this is a great checklist. I think this belongs in the back of every issue of Night Terrors. Right. I think this should be a card available at comic shops. Mm. I think that if uh, if comic book retailers got this early, that would have been a really good uh, graphic to have. I think that this could have been used to counter negativity from readers that were saying, like, how do I keep track of this? What even is coming out? This is, this is a graphic that is just for retailers, essentially, or for readers who are already ensconced in night terrors. Mm -hmm. This is not a promotional piece. This is not a thing to get people hyped for night terrors. Yeah. Hey, everybody, get excited. You're going to give us $275 in over the period of two months, right? It was, it, for me, it, it rings as a promotional piece, as a, come on, I made a thing. Yeah. Regardless of how exciting okay. this idea is, regardless of how cool the concept you know, this was the first thing before the art, before the gorgeous Bacillo images mm -hmm. and the character designs and even the premise itself. This was the first thing people saw was this expectations list. Right. Okay. And it's daunting. No, it is. And so. if, especially if you're a casual reader, you're like, I love D. I just got into DC. Yeah. I just saw Black Adam and I rolled it off the street. <laughs> now I'm reading DC. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm I saw Black Adam. No, uh, yeah. I saw the flat. No, uh, uh, wait. What's uh, I saw? Um, what's another great uh, upcoming DC movie? I saw Birds of Prey. Uh, no, wait. Uh, well, anyway, I, I'm aware of Batman, and so I, uh, I, I want to, I want to read. Oh my God! Look at how many books there are. Right. So, um, I saw this and I was like. Whew. Whew. it's a lot of words a lot going on there right yeah and then you know when you look at it further i'm like okay so it's really just here's a bunch of number ones and then here's a bunch of number twos right, right. but it's like that takes that takes more time than most people are going to give it yes to recognize that and so from like a, a pure like hype marketing standpoint I, I get it. I get why they did this because they're like, you're saying we don't market our stuff. Okay. So here's what's coming out. So fair. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I paid an intern to make this totally fair. Mm -hmm. You did that. Mm -hmm. However, this reads tone deaf to me Yeah, because it reads like, Hey everyone. Cause here's the thing we all know. And I'm not going to like say for blanket across no. the board for everyone, but I'll like, do that. You know, no, but I mean like we hear like you hear a lot about like, Everyone you know, thinks this. Or, well, I was going to say inflation is a thing. Right, right. right. You're, we're rolling into the summer. People want to go places. They want to do things, yes. right? And like, there's only so much money everyone has. And this reads like tone deaf that they're like, this is the full event checklist. And putting that on there, I totally get what you're doing. And again, for like a retailer like perspective to be like, okay, what do I need to get? If I think people are interested in night terrors, like yes. just so they know. right? But to put that on there to me really reads as like trying to guilt your fan base into buying like hey if you want to be up on everything that's going on with night terrors and you have to get all of these yeah and that that's so tone deaf because i i feel right? like and i have no idea i really don't know about this mm -hmm. event but i feel like this is one of those like pick up the books that interest you that is exactly what this is this is essentially a six issue mini series yeah. and that's really not so bad night terrors first blood one two three and four and night terrors night's end Right. Those are the those are the six issues that you should need. Yeah, and, and then so if like, you want, if you're like curious about what what the uh, night terror is affecting the Titans or or punchline. Yeah, you know, which by the way, like I understand night terror is affecting Batman, Green Lantern, even. Sure, but there's a lot of like Ravager. 
poison ivy. Yeah, and like, but that, then again, like that's what I'm saying. Like, it should have maybe pre- presented as like, here are the event books that are coming out. Here's and then here's required. Here's reading. here's some other things that are going to be happening, and like maybe there's a character you're interested in, yeah. and maybe you want them to check out their night terror. Well, and and you here's, know, and it's an opportunity for you to like check out a new character or something like, or your favorite it, character. Treat it like it's an opportunity as opposed to like assigned reading yes. or like homework. Now here's my question: How do you demonstrate? Because what you're what you're essentially describing is nuance and subtlety. Because <laughs> I mean, no one, there is no such thing as like. Well, there is passive advertising, but there's no such thing as like, well, there's also suggestive advertising, but there's no such thing as like, well, there's subliminal advertising. So yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. So you could use any one of those number of uh, advertising, but essentially there's no friendly advertising. that's like, yay, you know what? You pick it up. You don't want to pick it up like a nonchalant advertising. How do you, how do you sell this? Let's say that like you're in charge, right? And your marketing department has, has spit this back to you. You're like, listen, we're doing this event. It's six issues. Maybe it was originally four or five. And we're going to put no first blood and night's end because they, you know, this is Marvel's alpha and Omega, but we're doing DC. So we're not going to call them that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it look, it works. Okay. As regardless of how you feel, regardless of how I feel, cause I hate the alpha and Omega issues. That's what this is. And that's the new normal for events is you're going to get an yeah. alpha and Omega issue. In this t- case, it's first blood night's end, even though night's end apparently is supposed to be picked up before three and four, yeah. uh, whatever, which I hope is the case. Although it seems kind of confusing because if I'm getting first blood and then issues one and two, that makes sense. First blood, then I'm in night terrors. One, two, three, four. Oh, wait, no, but it's first blood, one, two, night's end, three, four. Eat me. Like, are you kidding me? I hope wait, that's. No, it's night terrors. Yeah, night oh, terrors, night's, night's end. end, and then three and four. Well, we don't know if this is an in order sort of thing. It looks Should like it's be. actually alphabetical order. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. It is. Uh, oh my ex- god except for the night terror stuff at the top yeah, no, they wanted to put that's up like there. because that's what's definitely I don't coming up necessarily first. believe that this this list is in order order well, definitely which not is another kind of a problem so i feel like there's a couple ways that could you could address yeah, this. How do you and do again this? like i'm we didn't talk about this ahead of time so i'm very much like off the cuff of course no, right but, here but, and i don't know what their like marketing mandate is because having worked on a marketing team not for not for dc or comic books yeah in a totally very different industry so it's not apples and or it's not apples and apples it is exactly. a little more apples and oranges mm-hmm. um so i'm really just gleaning like just off the cuff and yeah. that's fair you know but, but like but go knowing preamble. that knowing that like typically there's like there's a through line there's a mandate like okay we're only doing this this year or we're really focusing on this this year that type of thing so yeah. i don't know if they have something like that so without that knowledge entirely sure you know if like if they're met if their thing is like we need to get we got to get night terrors working and we, we got to get, get as many more, like we need to get more sales on more books in everyone i mean that, that's just a right just overall we need to increase it, sales across so that the board could be that, and that's why they're showing you this so like buy it which has seemingly had a very much an ad like a, a reverse effect on yes it. but i feel like you you could have broken this up a little differently where you really made the graphic where it just shows you Night Terror's first blood, Night Terror's one, two, three, four, and Night's end. Uh-huh. Right. And 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 you're like, this is the here's the event. Yes. Right. And Here then six issues. instead of like having this huge freaking list. Yeah. What if instead you like took the characters from each of the books that are going to have a night terror and then like pose the question of like and like who's nightmare or like who's yeah. night terror will will you like will you check out check or out, read or, like, or yeah yeah like have the the courage to like you like pose a question make it yes. like a challenge almost but it's like the characters instead of like this huge reading list because once you read the number one you, you will know that there's a number two because it'll be like to be continued exactly so you're look for that next one right yeah. so instead of it looking so overwhelming and instead it's like at least characters right 
you know, addressing yeah, well, you. And, and that would actually be a great way because I know that uh, for Skybound, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson was doing a rollout, no mm -hmm. pun intended, for the Transformers series. <laughs> and the way that they asked him to do that was the, they were like, draw a different character that's going to be revealed from G1 that's going to be on the Autobots. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what they did was they had a character and they had like the all the metadata below it. You know, here's yeah. the date, here's the release, here's the number, blah, blah, blah. Here's the creative team, which is just Danny Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Yeah. Uh, and they did it for on social media. So it's just mm. like Optimus Prime, Cliff mm. Jumper, you know, uh, uh, RC, you know, here's yeah. these characters. Night Terrors could have been the exact same thing. Yeah. Where it's like, especially if you had like a rad image of, because we've seen that there are Night Terrorized versions of these characters. There's like a Night Terror Batman and a Night Terror Wonder Woman. Yeah, I would say you do need to definitely show that like the, the character you recognize as That's, opposed to the, what you well, think Well, you do one of those like, like mirror images where it's like yeah. the character and then like the Night Terror version. Well, and then it says like, they, who's Night Terror I will you? I saw that they did the phone thing. So you could have also done something like that. But of course you have to like hire someone to- To make all that. Make and that a, is, that's certainly that, more expensive than probably this call. Oh, sure. Because sure, it's sure, just sure. The, uh, the art- so and some text so okay so let's just say like they're like we can't do that mm -hmm. like that's not a, like, and again like for me that's just yeah, let's say that's unfeasible let's for, say <laughs> for me i'm like that's really like speaking to like the idea of comics too where it's like a combination of image and, and, and word, word and yeah it together like I, the idea right. of like the character like being being the, the, selling the selling point, point like yeah. i like that a lot um if you were like no i need them to see every book that's coming out right i would have definitely broken this graphic down differently mm -hmm. now i i think it would have ended up being pretty overwhelming regardless but if i feel like you should have broken it down by the weeks instead and yeah. like put like the what the actual like required reading for the event was or just in like and one have to say your slightly font like where it's just like night terrors first blood because we know that's coming out this week right uh-huh and then I think also Batman's coming out this week. Uh, actually, four Night Terrors tie-ins are coming out this week. Okay. Uh, that would be uh, Night Terrors First Blood, Night Terrors Batman, okay. Night Terrors the Joker, Night Terrors Poison Ivy, and Night Terrors Ravager. Right, so right, actually, right. five Night Terrors oh, books. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, and... No, it wasn't. Yeah, and Black Adam. And I'm Black sorry. Adam. Okay. Six Night Terrors books are coming out in the right. same week, all of which will be... Okay, so Ravager is four... But some of them are between five, four and five dollars. Okay, but what I'm saying is like, what you do then is be like, you know, like week one, it's like Night Terror's First Blood. That's like bigger, and then yeah. underneath it are like what's who, coming out. Who is also experiencing a Night Terror, and like you can pick from that. <laughs> yeah. And so instead, like you see, like okay, if I want to follow Night Terror's, I know I need to read this. And do I care about these? Ooh, Batman. Okay, I'm definitely grabbing Batman. Right. Oh, and like, oh, oh Black been, Adam, I want to see that. Right. Or, or like oh, I've been reading Poison Ivy, so yes. maybe I will grab that. Exactly. But then, then it's a choice, and I, and I have a feeling the marketing department doesn't want to make you feel like you have that choice. Absolutely not. But instead, it just makes it feel like I just don't want anything to do with this because I, I'm, well, like, I'm like, there's to, no way, there's well, no way. Like I was overwhelmed when I was reading all the X Men books, and I was like, holy crap! And like, they did not give you a graphic that told you how many effing X Men books are coming like, out. Think about Ten of Swords and the reaction people had to that people as like pissed. all those books were coming out yeah. for that. Oh no, not even no, it wasn't Ten of Swords. Um, for um. Uh, Axe. Oh, yes. AXE. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was so, it felt like it was just too many things were happening all at once, yeah. right? Like, and that was without a graphic. But, and, like, to sit here and face this, even though I know it's like there's Green Lantern 1, or one and then the Green Lantern 2. And if I want to read 2, I'm going to read 2. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm, you know, like. Yeah, I agree. But, like, it's just, it's that perception. And I just, I feel like there's a better way they could have broken this down. And yes. again, like, I'm not sitting in those marketing meetings. So I literally have no idea. No, and I'm sure what, there's, you know, this is one opinion yeah. versus, like, probably a dozen opinions that are all being thrown at each other, probably virtually all through, like, either Slack or email. Yeah. So it's going to be messy and it's not going to have one. New 
unified vision. And maybe this is the result of just committee thinking and mm -hmm. working together. And it's just like, yeah, of course it's going to be garbage because yeah. group projects suck. But uh, I, I genuinely feel like this is going to have an, like you actually a great example is AXE because AXE was a really, really great story mm -hmm. that was hurt by the indifference, apathy, and even outright rejection from the audience yeah. who was tired and broke. And that is actually a pretty good segue into the next topic that we're going to be talking about, which is Indiana Jones 5, believe it or not, uh, which is the reaction to this movie, how it fared, and like why it didn't work out for Indy again. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's because I think of the overall fatigue of the audience and the masters of media who are producing this stuff and their reluctance to meet us halfway mm. because like as much as people want to talk about like india indy 5 and why it didn't work the main reason that it didn't work is not because of a narrative problem it's because of a marketing and a audience problem it, it is a problem of of hollywood's refusal to accept that people are worse off and broke or at the very least mentally broke like i don't have enough time currency or or or, or excitement currency mm -hmm. like you know it's almost like you know people's enthusiasm is a currency and if you if you if you burn out your audience you know they're gonna have to leave the casino they're gonna run out of chips and right. i i think that you know we had transformers we had indiana jones we had flash like we had a lot of blockbusters and, and, and spider and, uh, and and across the spider verse yeah. which wouldn't normally be considered a blockbuster because it's an animated movie but it is it is a blockbuster and that that, that oscar award-winning movie it, 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 it earned it a place <laughs> yeah. right and it's like no no the first one made oh, yeah, made yeah, across yeah. into a blockbuster mm. uh and i'm just th thinking like it's just and and the the thing is, and it's not like there's too many blockbusters because I know there's gonna be some smart outlook in the comments, and I don't want to dictate a show based on one idiot in the comments who's like, "Boo! Here's a here's a summer schedule that had a lot of blockbusters." Because in fact, normally the summer season is where the blockbusters go. Sure. So what's different? And you know, not to get and I'm not I'm not trying to get political or sociological, but I think you know they are connected. Okay. These things is is that people are broker than they have been and sure. more importantly i think it's really more the side of the exhaustion the media exhaustion yeah. of the audience because whereas summers used to be where you went for your blockbusters like the movies used to be where you went for your blockbusters mm -hmm. in the summer your blockbusters are going directly to your house your blockbusters are in the form of like a 18 hour movie called a tv show your blockbusters are in the form of a triple a trial video game that you can play for 37 hours your you know your blockbusters are ever ever expanding mm -hmm. and ever uh shortening the distance and barrier to entry so now you have like a plethora of options i, I remember hearing uh, somebody uh, maybe it was on reddit or something but there was a discussion about indy 5 and somebody said you know like i'm 60 and i couldn't wait to see this movie and my wife said let's just watch it on tv when it comes back to streaming like yeah like why even go you know when i know you know, you've conditioned me to expect this thing. Yeah. Even especially if the movie fails, because it'll be here even sooner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just, you know, shortens its lifespan even Well, more. and also it, it teaches Hollywood the wrong lesson because it says to Hollywood, like, oh, these movies shouldn't even be made. So it's like, yay, I could see, you know, if, if, if Indy 5 failed, which of course it did, it means that Hollywood has learned don't make indie movies anymore, which right. of course, like, 
dude's 85 or whatever. You're not going to be able to make any more. Yeah, no, it's over anyway. Like, it's this, over. And this wasn't good. Like, this wasn't going to make or break the next like, you know, series of Indiana Jones movies. No, unless they decide to make one about uh, his goddaughter, but you know, right. whatever, which, happen. which I sincerely, da- I mean, I can imagine Kathleen Kennedy would be like, yeah, you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. We're going to make that movie. It's like, yeah, good luck getting funding for that but uh i i I don't know i just there's two major arguments for this movie failure one of them is the burnout of the audience Mm. for me just my opinion i want to hear yours as well sure and the other one is well you know it's 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 media fatigue essentially yeah and the other one is how effing much this movie cost sure it's just right it's right, just right, right. like this this uh this baffling you know like night terrors refusal to read the room mm-hmm. you know because i don't know about you but you know any superhero blockbuster mm-hmm. pre-end game cost maximum 250 million dollars that's the maximum yeah 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 that's the glass ceiling of of how much a superhero movie or a blockbuster movie should cost because right. like we've got it we've got it down to a science how right. much these movies cost to make yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. after a certain threshold they don't look any better and in fact in some of them with a more modest budget they even look a little better with less money because the filmmaker has less to rely on when it comes to special effects budgets and and and, and handicaps yes. so you know that's the glass ceiling rumored indiana jones 5 cost 350 million dollars which even if i'm off by 50 million dollars is still 50 million dollars too much i would argue that it's a hundred million dollars too much indiana jones rares lost our cost cost 18 million dollars now look i'm i don't live in a fantasy (laughs) world where you can make an indiana jones movie for 18 million dollars i mean you could but it'd be kind of boring yeah and dangerous because you'd have people yeah, like yeah, flying yeah, all over yeah. the place on wires. I, I honestly think that you could make an Indiana Jones movie for, and I know some asshole in the comment is going to complain about this because he always does. And it's always that one guy who's like, Sal always wants to see a superhero or an action movie for $80 million. Yeah. Why not? The reality is there is no reason for them not to cost that much. Yeah. Like, I understand why Spider-Man movies are $200 million. Right. Right. Because right, right, he's right. fully CG at this point. He's always going to swing. He's always going to stick. He's always going to like be in the city. There's never going to be a point where it's going to be Spider-Man whipping off his mask and talking to J. Jonah Jameson for 25 minutes. Right. We're not going to get that kind of movie. Right. You know, like, even though that's what Spider-Man comics are and that's why people like them. But because, they, you know, you get two double page splashes and that's all you need, right? You just need one spectacular Spider-Man sequence and then the rest of it is drama and you make your money. Yeah. Uh, that's your secret for making an $800 million, be- like, you know, profit, mm-hmm. by the way, is to make a Spider-Man movie for $100 million and then just go like, it's mostly Peter Parker talking to like, you know, Glory Grant, Mary Jane and Aunt May and J. Jonah Jameson. And then, holy crap, he fights the lizard <laughs> right. for 18 minutes. Right, right, right. But uh, I digress. Um, it, it's just that, but my point being, the reason why I even went off on the tirade is for $350 million, this movie, this movie still had parts that looked like utter trash. Yeah. And, or, or just, they, you know what? I, I don't even want to say that. The movie looked cheap at certain points. Yes. And that, clearly that's not where the budget went. And I'm not yeah. saying the movie was cheap. I'm not even going to be, t- I haven't talked about how we liked the movie, but, right, right, right. which maybe we will. But <laughs> I, I just wanted to say like, at a certain point, the movie stops. Like It doesn't affect the overall look of the movie and every scene that was shot in a place mm-hmm. looked great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which definitely didn't cost hundreds of millions of dollars yeah, that's true like it did not cost you 100 million dollars to shoot in sicily right. you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. or tangier you know mm-hmm. it just 
It just doesn't cost as much to shoot against a tree right. than to go into the circle room and use the Unreal Engine and make a whole goddamn place. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if they even did. I'm, I'm sure they did in Secret Invasion, but which right. is a show we should probably be talking about on the show. Sure, and I, we like we can even mention that too. I was just looking at. I was like, Dread cost forty five million dollars, right? And uh, look, Dread, I would I could have scaled Dread back. I could have saved you twenty million bucks. Yeah, and all it would have took is less CG. Mm-hmm. And I, like honestly, the only way to dread, the only way to improve Dread, yeah, is to make it directed by Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> It's just squibs. But, but just For me, saying, it's just squibs. Like it's, it's, all it's, it's, it was 45 minutes. No, again. And, and, and by the way, that movie failed big time. Right, but you gotta, like, you gotta think about, like, um, like scaling up from there, like, the budget, like, in terms of inflation, but, like, 45 yeah. million, and it, it looks good. Right. It but, looks good. Yeah, and, but the, the story reason... Dread's trapped in one set yep. for a, for an hour and a half. But it's like it's that creative, like that creative constraint. Yeah, um, but like but you can't at, put Indy in a cave for for an hour and a half. <laughs> well, no, but like I, I like even with the scaling up, you still come in with like your eighty million dollars, and I, and I, I think that's fair. I completely um, agree. Everything everywhere all at once costs twenty million, or somewhere between fourteen and a half and twenty million. Right, and it, and it looks as good as this movie <laughs> but like you know, talk about like just knowing who you're casting and what they're capable of, and relying on like realistic yeah like effects to well, some degree obviously there's a lot of special well, just, effects in that as well absolutely practical effects and, yeah. C- and cg and the fact is cg is just a tool that you rely on mm. to enhance what you've already done yeah not to go like here's a full thing unless you're doing something like uh, uh chappie or district nine mm-hmm. where it's like they're fully realized cg characters but then you know your limitations you know it's yeah. like you can't make a cg man or woman but like a, ca- a human because it's going to look effing weird right, right you can right, make right. a cg bug people don't know what a cg what a, what a life-size bug looks like so it's less <laughs> it's weird yeah right i know what young harrison ford looks like mm-hmm. right and it ain't that like it, it's it's almost that right yeah. until he starts talking and then it doesn't and it's like that's another thing we talked about off off mic where i was like Okay, you've almost got the de-aging right. Mm-hmm. Now you need to do the de-voicing. Yeah. Like, you needed to just either put them through the Darth Vader filter because that's the last time. Like, I, Rogue One, mm-hmm. I was like, he sounds like old James Earl Jones. Just just change the pitch. Just just change the pitch. We I don't, don't understand. Don't, we don't know how difficult it is. And, like, there, there definitely is. A, yeah. Yeah, but... The- but- like, but the but Obi Wan Kenobi, which I think is an awful show, mm. Vader has n- sounded exactly like he did. Mm-hmm. And there's even and it's all fake. Yeah. And there's even like emotional moments in that in, in his delivery in the fake AI delivery. And I'm like, they did it. Yeah. They nailed it. Yeah, but you have to give your rights to that. And he may not have done that. He may not well, want them to be able to do that. That's fair. Uh, but he gave them their face. Mm. Is it really that bad to use the fo- voice? There is a line, and I noticed it. Yeah, he said something, and I was like, "That's just from another one of those movies." I think it was a Star Wars movie. I was like, "Oh, okay." okay. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you used the line <laughs> just, just, a, just, a, just a blanket over it." They were like, "It just cost too much." Yeah, let's just put in a line from the Lucasfilm archives. Um, in terms of like getting back to like the yes, like, please. Why, 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 why did this movie not work out? Why did it not work out? Um, I agree. Media fatigue is, is intense. Sometimes it like feels like when navigating the field of, of media, it's like. Okay, so because we live in New Jersey, we have access to things called a boardwalk, <laughs> which is like imagine going to a carnival or state fair or something like that. It right? never closes, right? But never closes, and you know, there's like a certain area of the boardwalk where it's just like nothing but games, and all they want you to do is come and spend your money there, and right. you just have people constantly shouting at you <laughs> to come over there, and like they target you by like talking specifically about you, like right. hey, over there, you and your boy, lady like, in the hat, yeah, yeah like, and they know, and you know when you, but you're signing a cool social contract. If I go over there, I'm gonna have 
have to. People like, are going to yell at me. I got to go do that. Right. But you're walking down that. And nine times out of 10, the best way to handle it is to just ignore it. Yeah. And I think it's white that's noise. what tends to happen a lot of times with movies and shows as they're coming up. Because, like, it's not just movies. Like, Hollywood blockbuster movies are up against streaming shows, your phone, like TikTok, right. YouTube, like garbage made by your neighbors. Yeah. Like, literally people would free. rather like it's, it's only the cost of your time. And like, it's a smaller cost, which to what you, they want, even though it's not, if yeah. you look at the amount of time you're spending doing that. Right. Yeah. But you feel more accomplished by doing it and you don't have to spend anything except that one like criteria of time. Yeah. So like, you know, they, the re part of the reason why this failed is because it's like, but like i don't care and like right. another thing is like how many people care about this character any longer it's it's a dying audience the reality is it's a dying audience yeah. the, the you know just on social media and i hate to use that as an example but i don't i didn't get to the local library today to ask anybody about whether they saw indiana jones 5 but it's an aging audience like oh, sure. the the youngins don't by and large care about indiana jones and it's like i get why oh yeah you know, and and look, I'm not complaining. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even like shouting a, at a cloud like, about oh, no, it. These aren't like you. You. You don't get it. Out. No, no, no. And so it makes total sense. No. So like, but because of that. Now, 20 years ago, my ex-girlfriend didn't really care about Indiana Jones, and she was wrong. Okay, fair. But, like, <laughs> but, but it's but it's 20 years later, and I get why now. But like, especially after one bad movie. All right. Well, but what I'm saying is that as like producers in hollywood and people who are paying to make these movies should be doing market research and going like okay the fact is well, let's make this movie but we know that there's probably not going to be a huge audience right. for it it's not so why would you set it up to fail by giving it such a huge budget like yeah. you set it up to do that mm -hmm. you knew based on projections overall for the types of movies people are going to see yeah. and how people are taking in those movies you went like nah it's fine no trust me they're gonna show up they're gonna show up right. it's like well, you know what that is? I mean, I, I honestly, and that is like a perfect example of the theory out there that there's like 75% mm. of decisions made in Hollywood are because of ego. Just just yeah, straight up, no, it's, it's, head in the sand. It's true. Like I don't care what the what the projections are. I don't care what the what the what the you know scuttlebutt is out there. I ju I just I I believe in my heart of hearts. Mm -hmm. It's the same with Hollywood. Or it's the same with Warner Brothers, I should say where it's like the the flash why the flash fail you can imagine people at warner brothers just hitting their heads against the wall going but i put michael keaton batman in it and it's like okay. and it's like okay but like that was 50 years ago yeah <laughs> i'm not saying it was 50 years ago but to the children to the people that would have cared 25 30 years ago it was it might as well be a hundred years ago right like there's no nostalgia for it the the people who care about michael keaton batman are parents or grandparents they they're not going to the movies they're not and they're especially not going to go see the flash just to see batman like if you think that batman is going to make the bank that you think it's going to make then make batman four right right or five i should say but like you know what i mean make the real batman three mm -hmm. then go do it especially if you know michael keaton's in once they were like oh michael keaton said yes then scrap flash we'll just make batman 3 <laughs> we'll make jeff goldblum and the, the scarecrow and we'll just make it that you know just just move on but it, it is that kind of mentality i believe the people like lucasfilm if you every time i see the lucasfilm the logo i go is anybody even work there anymore like is lucasfilm even a production company at this point because it's like all they do is because it's every all you hear about is, is, is disney making star wars and right, it's like right, right. they use it they use lucasfilm to produce star wars but like is, is anyone there or is it just the people they work with on the Disney lot? Like, right. I, I don't understand how that works. And that's just my blind spot. But like, I'm just saying, you know, it's not like there's like some secret bastion of integrity over Lucasfilm. That's like, 
know, we should make Monkey, Monkey Island. Like, you know, right. but, but I mean, Indiana Jones is one of those things where it's like, it was never as big as Star Wars. It was never the big franchise mm-hmm. uh, or tentpole. It was a beloved franchise, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a franchise that made bank. It made bank when you were spending $18 million. It didn't right. make bank when you were spending $600 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Star Wars, I get. I get betting the farm on Star Wars. Okay. That's one of those things where it's like, it's ubiquitous. It is, it, it's in Navajo. Well, Everyone been, gets it. They've been Star making Wars. fans for years. Yes. With like every new right. iteration right. of the property, they've been making fans, yeah. except a few times when they didn't. But like for the most part, they've right. been making fans. So yeah, no, we can't. No. Like, no, we, but like, it's a very different, like, you know, focus group over exactly. there. Exactly. But like Spielberg produced those transformers movies like a hundred of those effing things mm. and couldn't get his druthers together to make an indiana jones 4 at any point when he when harrison ford didn't need all the assistance possible to do anything by the way he, is, well, he looks really spry in this movie for 80 i i, I yeah, will give him that it was not pathetic dude I, keeps himself fit clearly yeah, it was um, brought up in uh, mr sunday where like in indiana jones 4 where he's climbing all the boxes like yeah he's climbing them boxes he's he's he looked doing good it. like he's, i gotta tell you i've seen older action stars like just yeah, just get- <laughs> yeah, and like he plays it up when he's supposed to play it up when he is of like he's fallible he's supposed to be able to be like i'm old yeah and i'm gonna wear I, I didn't look i didn't bring the hat and whip with me someone else brought it for me yeah and, I, and it's my only change of clothes i'm gonna dress like indiana jones right, right it's not right. pathetic but uh yeah additionally um in terms of i think reasons why this this movie struggled um it's got a couple other things going against it um one you know for, for fans of indie who yeah. are like die in the wool, like love, love, love indie, just, you know, as a franchise and yeah. everything Spielberg's not attached to it. And there's certainly a, like a certain desire mm-hmm. to see Spielberg continue on with something that was his, even if he was like, I need to get away from that. Right. It's it, not for it, me. It's not like Spielberg's working on some huge project but that's like, taking up his time. But I understand like, listen, if he does, he's not, he didn't want to do it for it. That's fair. Good. Get him away from it. Right. But for people who are like, it's not the same. Admittedly, it feels similar, but it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. But it ain't, it's like, not the same. And, and that can be okay. Um, And then the other thing is that it, it is like part of the legacy is a movie that not everyone embraced that came right before it. Yeah. Like we went like, Hey, Indiana Jones three goes like, Hey, riding off into the sunset. Like it's done. over the, the for sun, them. They were over. The sun has set on this franchise yes. and, and we're done. Um, then you like, you know, okay, no, we're going to try it. We're going to reinvigorate it. Mm-hmm. Here it comes the fourth movie. And it's, it doesn't hit the same way for everyone. Well, and like, you know how we knew it was never going to work because of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles that came mm. after Indy three, right? Because you got last crusade, which is arguably one of those like, perfect movies mm-hmm. and i'm not saying it's perfect from even a technical standpoint you can see all the blemishes i don't want to hear it but for mm-hmm. me it's a perfect flick like it's perfectly watchable it's perfectly rewatchable it's you get new things from it every time you watch it you get comfort from it as well but like it, and it's just it's just a well executed or orchestrated flick yes um everyone responded positively to it when it came out i think one i think one of the biggest critics was was, was very critical of it and i just found out quentin tarantino hates it no, I, like I could give a shit about exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I could care less. But young Indiana Jones, if people were hungry and desperate for more indie for more Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. then they would have loved that show, right? Like that show would have been the number one show. Yeah, you know, and it just straight up wasn't. And I've right, watched right, that right. show, not all of it, which is even a, a testament to it, right? Like I love indie, but I didn't watch all that show. I watched the Peacock's Eye and was like, all right, well, I don't need any more of this. Uh, but. It, but it, it's it looks 
incredible. Yeah. It is well made. It is, and it's like a little Indiana Jones movie every episode. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of kind of phenomenal. But you know, nobody watched it. Right. And uh that's a shame, but it also is a I think a a warning to them. Like, don't try anymore. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. this hit at a right it's it is beloved by people in the eight like kids from the eighties love it because it was fresh and new. But older people in the eighties loved it because it reminded them of the of the shit from when they were kids. Yeah. Like this movie is like nostalgia is like re nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and I don't think you can you you can't like ring it out and get another wash out of this thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the two. Uh, you know, it worked for the older folks in the eighties and it worked for the younger folks in the eighties, and that's it. No, I I, I agree. Um, it you know. I, I don't know if this counts. This is not a spoiler at all. Okay. I don't think. Um, well, warning, spoiler warning it's for Indiana really, Jones 5. It's just like, it's just something that's not in there that I desperately wish oh, was yeah. in there. Um, but like, I, I never know how to pronounce his name correctly. But, yeah, me either. But uh, Kei-Hei Kwan. Yes. Um, you know, I, I was just, you know, it was. I was like, why isn't he? Why in isn't this? he and in I, this? Movie. Part of it was like, apparently they couldn't figure out how to make it work, and I'm like, it's really not uh, that hard. How could and you not too, make I that think work? He's actually filming something while this was filming, but like that's something you pump the brakes and you get him in there yep. a for a number of reasons one that character should absolutely come back and like also as a a better representation right of if you care about that kind of thing which clearly they do right but like you know like he he's a you know there's a certain level of nostalgia to that character but it would be nice to have that character return yes as like especially a, a, given the thematic elements of this right and as and, and to be like come forth as being like you know as an adult and be like hey we had some good times but like also like i'm a better representation yeah of 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 my culture right exactly. like, that would be great um also just because he's uh an academy award-winning right. actor he's an it actor now <laughs> and i think that i i think they were like neck deep in production on this movie when like on like, while everything like, ever there were all at once was succeeding regardless of the academy award regardless of that yeah Re- like you know dude can act yeah right and he can act he's delightful the two of them he's cl- not problematic right the two of them like harrison and he clearly like, have a rapport and have a chemistry a rapport. Like, there's just no reason not to bring that character no. back and to bring that heart back mm-hmm. because a character that was never touched on again and we've left many a character behind yeah. in the lore of Indiana Jones for sure. But there's, <laughs> just, there's just no reason. I, I always say, and I had a coworker we were talking about um, for the other day and how he was like, you know, it's really not that bad. And like, I get folk like Shia LaBeouf, folk don't like Shia LaBeouf. But for me, I'm always like, it should have just you, yeah, been You should rant. never have been in this. It should have been short round. Like, yeah. it should have been that it's not that he had a real son. Right. But that like- he, Well, he had like, a biological son. But he had like, yeah, sorry. That he had a biological son, but that like he basically had an adopted son. Yeah, exactly. Like, it should have just been that. And when I told him that, he was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know what Hollywood's obsession is with being like, you have a secret biological son and that's what's more important. Uh, clearly, Grant Morrison loves that as well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it, I, I think that the the son had said on Indiana Jones yeah. before and, 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 and Disney didn't get the the effing memo mm. and, uh, you know, and and they didn't get the memo hard because they were like, not only has the son not said on Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but we're going to give this a bigger budget than the force awakens and it's like what is wrong with you that was that was 100 percent like like they should not have done that and i'm sure they wanted to feel like you know like hey we like we believe in this but it feels like it there was no belief in it It no feel like there is a lot of heart and i think that came across a lot for me in terms of marketing Mm -hmm. for this movie and you know just really it comes down to marketing for me in terms of that feeling of like they were just like yay it's here yeah you're welcome you're welcome 
And I'm like, whoa, don't just say you're welcome. You have to make a good film. Right. Yeah, I have to be excited <laughs> for this. And I'm not saying that they didn't. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. But yeah. Like, I, you know, I, it felt a little bit like the movie was just going through the motions yes. sometimes. And and I think that's part of the reason why it didn't succeed as well. Yeah, it's yeah, the world. And, and I don't mean like the actors. Like, I, no. I don't think like Harrison Ford was phoning it in. Like, no, I think he was actually giving it a lot more effort than I've seen from him in a long mm -hmm. time. You are going to see a night and day performance between this and Captain America 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to be like, literally, he was quoted on set talking to Anthony Mackie. Apparently, Anthony Mackie was very intimidated by working mm. with Harrison Ford. They're having a scene. Ford was like acting the shit into his face. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it caused Mackie to flub his lines. And this could be hearsay. So I'm going to say with a little asterisk, this may not even have happened. But mm -hmm. according to the report that I saw, I think it was from Deadline, uh, Anthony Mackie kept flubbing his lines. And Ford took him aside and he just said, This movie's a piece of shit. Who cares? And like, he, he knows when he's like cashing a check and when he's yes. like doing something. Indiana Jones means a lot to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, Star Wars and like, you know, whatever else. He yeah. couldn't care less. You know, I think he I think he has more reverence for working girl than he does for, for, for Star Wars. Sure. Yeah. No, he he has a lot of passion for it. And so like when I say that it felt like the movie was going through the most, I mean the actual movie itself is just like, I'm doing this. Let's take a break. Like, Here we yeah. go. Like, and there were some moments I was like, yes, this is yeah. This and, feels and it, like Indiana Jones. And mm -hmm. like I have no problem with the movie growing and characters growing. So it's not right. like it's because it's new and it's not something I, I know. Mm -hmm. Um it, it it felt more like a studio at times like patting me on the head yeah. and i'm like no i'm not i'm not here to clap my hands <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah well then this movie isn't for you and i'm like i, I am i didn't spend 350 million dollars to get you to, to give you a piece of art right. well and I'm not because looking, art costs less money but i'm also i'm not looking necessarily for that either but i am looking for you know either something that is new and different uh -huh. or you know just fully going on the nostalgia which you didn't do either yeah so I, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a lot of reasons that this movie got set up for that, but a lot of it comes from the budget. Yeah. Like it, why, why give it that budget? Right. Why is it so expensive? There's nothing about I this mean, movie. I, that I'm sure that deep fake technology is very expensive. expensive. Although you see that. YouTubers making it look better anyway. Sure. I, I honestly like, yeah, there was, well, I, I thought it was going to be very more. Well, I, I thought there was going to be a reason, a plot reason that was going to be so expensive and it didn't happen. So yeah. I guess I could talk about it, but it is a spoiler. So, or at least a spoiler for the ending. And it's not really like what happened. It's more like, here's what didn't happen at the end of Indiana Jones five. Cause the dial of destiny is obviously it plays with time. Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to go back to the three movies. I thought it was going to oh. be a retread where Indiana Jones is going to go back to the three movies. I am so glad that didn't happen. Me too. Like, but I, I really thought we were going to use the money and the budget and the and the technology to be like, no, Indy's going to have to like back to the future to this thing. Like and go behind, you know what I mean? Like and hide behind like the mm. baskets that Marion's in and stuff. Right. And like, there's a part of me I'm, that's like, that's, that is kind of silly, but I loved it only because it was in Back to the Future 2 and it was weaved into the narrative and I it worked really, really well. I don't want that. But no, but that's why I thought it was going to cost so much. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, but there, the, the third act, there is a big spectacular sequence where I'm like, oh, okay, that's very expensive. And I couldn't care less about anything I'm seeing on screen. Like, but that's a lot of that. Like the end of Aquaman 3, 2, 1. Mm. Jesus. There's not going to be an Aquaman 3. No one's going to see Aquaman 2. There's only been an one Aquaman movie. Yeah. Uh, at the end of Aquaman 1, where like there's that whole big Lord of the Rings fight, and I'm like, I don't want to see any of this. Um, and it's like, but, it's but it cost $20 million, you know? And I'm like, I couldn't care less. It, you could have said there was a war happening, played ADR of a war happening outside, and then just shown 
Orm and, uh, and 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 Arthur fight, and it would have been just as just just as nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So you know, but overall, just really quick opinions about this movie. I thought it was. It, it's the fourth best Indiana Jones movie. I agree. I think I need to see it again to to truly say mm-hmm. that, but I, I I agree with that. And having seen Crystal Skull recently, I can say the Crystal Skull isn't as terrible as I as I felt when I watched it, and that is entirely entirely one hundred percent entirely because that's, of Spielberg's direction. That's funny because they're like for me, like a lot of my opinions changed when we recently saw it, where I was just like, I appreciated the Spielberg like shots exactly there's just like some really great like shots yeah it looks good i'm like ooh, that's 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 him that's him that's that is unmistakable spielberg but then there's other moments where he doesn't care no 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 and we're like the guys get roasted and i'm like that looks so crappy it looks like crayons like or the gopher it's like the gopher i'm less upset about than i was or groundhogs or whatever the hell they are no i was prairie dogs those those like i was more angry about i was you know they're, they're like things that happen and there's like their performances in that movie that i was actually more like ugh. yes than i no. was the first Kate blanchett you if you you, you got to work to make Kate blanchett look like crap and she's uh not, that is not her best show no it is not like, that is not in the real does not go in there it is not yeah as natasha but uh <laughs> you know uh and, and shia i actually didn't hate him like i did when i first saw it i still could i just I, he's not good but like act three the end of act two the movie falls apart. Yeah. In terms of my interest, like watching. Which it really shouldn't because as we, like, you know, we've talked about like Indiana Jones, it's like, it's grounded in reality until you hit act three. Yes. And, and that's when. Well, and everyone in, everyone throughout act one and two is telling you that it's magic. Yes. But there's nothing that proves it. And then in act three, they're like, oh, they were right the whole time. Damn it. Right. Right. And I love that. Like, that is something I I like about that character. And it it is very tropey where they're just like, you know, like, I don't believe in it until, oh, here it is again. crap. Yeah. And it's more like he's just lying to himself about it this, at this point. But um, well, I mean, you have to think about all the other artifacts he's come across that aren't. Yeah, exactly. Like, the so, Cross of Coronado didn't do shit. Yeah. So like, you know, 96% of the time. Yeah. It's not going to be magic. <laughs> and and then, the rest whoops. of the, which is why it's like, no, 1% of the time it's crazy magic. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Like, I guess I could have just been wrong or, mis- or remembered it wrong. Yeah. But the scenes were Indy and Mutt. Terrible name. It still is, and it always will be. Yeah. But now we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yep, yep, yep. But like, are great. And if two thirds of the movie was that, if we got the whole movie of Indy and Mutt, and Indy doesn't know he's his son, mm-hmm. doing Indiana Jones stuff, where like Mutt is the is the is the side character. Yeah. You know, like short round. But if it was the two of them, because I think that they're the problem is I don't like Shia LaBeouf as an actor, but I do think their chemistry was good. Like, I think they actually did have here's the, they had it. Yeah, I've okay. seen movies where like they're both good actors, like Valerian City of a Thousand Planets. Where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. those are two good actors who cannot be next to each other. Right. Uh, but like they or um, oh, uh, Sky Captain of the World Tomorrow. I've never seen it. Oh, my God. We got to watch it. You, I have you it on Blu-ray. That, though. I, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> But uh, Jude Law and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, they have no chemistry. Well, it's awful. Okay. But they're both good. Right. You know, Gwen, Jude more than Gwyneth. But uh, that being said, um, but I like their chemistry. I was like, this is actually okay. I guess. And then like once they get once they hit the the, the, the jungle set, yeah, which is clearly a set. No, once the machine shows up, the seat. Once once George Lucas gets involved, 
you know it's like oh man and then a big and then they got attacked by an ad at and it's like that's not no we're not gonna do that man but it's fast and it's got these things uh but the thing is i can't even make fun of george because like sometimes that's steve's problem yeah sometimes steve's like and now we're making a monster movie but it's gonna look like fucking balls because i don't know how to like navigate cg i know how to shoot a scene that's lit by the sun but I don't know how to shoot a scene where it's against a green wall and I just trust the FX people to do it. Yeah. It's like, well, in that case, just tap on James Cameron's shoulder and have him do it. Because for, for whatever like, reason, that guy knows how to shoot something that isn't there. Excuse me, then it's going to be in the water. <laughs> that's true. Okay, I've got it. Well, and, but then that's fine. Like, I would have loved to have seen James Cameron's Indiana Jones and the Lost City of Atlantis. Is, Are you kidding yeah. me? Are you kidding me? We even got water in this movie. Yeah. And it looked, I, I remember Indy jumps in the water in this movie. And I was like, and here's where it's going to look like ass. And it looked better yeah, like, than it usually does. Yep. Underwater, especially CG underwater, like where characters are underwater and mm -hmm. they just CG, it looks awful every time. This time I was like, you can see the particles in the water. I'm like, this looks really good. Mm -hmm. It's like this and that shot where Iron Man is attaching the Avengers Tower to the like to the special like arc reactor grid. Yeah. That looked really good. And I'm like, why well, does this look any good? Uh, but it's rare when like underwater looks good. And obviously I haven't seen uh, avatar two and I probably never will. And I know that movie is going to be like transcendent when it comes to underwater fake effects. Sure. But uh, when it comes to like movies that don't care about that kind of thing, people who aren't obsessed with water, I was like, Hey, this didn't look so bad. Yeah. Like this looked okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I know the director from anything else. Oh, no, um, he made Logan. Okay. So I do know him from that um and you know very different movie you're walking into something I'm, which probably has a lot more studio control i think that mangold had had more control over logan than this that's certainly. what i'm saying yeah, i feel like he's walking into a movie in which like the studio has more control over it and they're probably telling him like no we're gonna use like blue screen green screen the 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 room like whatever it is like yeah. we're, we're gonna use the the full like digital yeah camera crap. room kind of thing which works sometimes and, and other times looks really bad. Sometimes it, look, it works uh, season to season on your beloved Star Wars shows. Right. Um, but, it, I mean, it, if you're a director who doesn't necessarily used to working with that. That's true. You're going to have a problem. It's a little harder to do that. And, like, you might be like, well, let's play with this. Let's do this. Let's, yeah. let's, let's make this big and bombastic. Right? Because maybe he's being told, like, this is the last one. So make it. Make it look good. Make it look good. Make it hit hard. Well, like the scenes where they're on the boat when they're inside. Yeah. Great. Yeah, because it's good. a building they're in. Yeah, it looks good. I'm like, yeah, looks good. And not, and not that like, and not, like, yeah, we're not curmudgeons who are like shoot it practically every time. No, I love I love CG when I find out later on it was. <laughs> yeah, that's when I'm like, favorite, you tricked me. That's my favorite CG. Like, yeah. even if I know something's big and ridiculous and like over the top and it couldn't possibly exist, yeah, you're able to fake my brain into going like, mm -hmm. wait, yeah, like that's chef's kiss my hats off to you except it's not um but like that's true artistry yeah in that industry exactly but sometimes it's just used because it's just lazy yeah and like and that's or a band-aid I, I really don't like it and yeah. there's a sequence at the beginning of this movie where he is like it's it's set in the past and he's running on top of a train <laughs> and like for me like i was like why does this look like i'm watching the polar express <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> his model is so crappy yeah. and i don't understand why i was yeah. like what um maybe they're upholding the, no the noble tradition of indiana jones movies where if you pause it just right during an action scene like when he's doing the uh, the cart scene yeah. in temple of doom you could see that it's like literally a puppet <laughs> like uh, it's just it's supposed to if you pause it and he's moving it's gonna look stupid but maybe that's what it is it's supposed to be nostalgic except trip. like 
like, I shouldn't be thinking that while I'm watching it for the first time ever. Right. right. And no, it's like yeah, throughout that whole sequence, I'm like, we don't need this at all. Like when you're just thinking as an editor, you're just like, you don't need to, you, you can cut this whole fucking scene. Yeah. Uh, now that being said, I love the idea of Indies like saving a train full of antiquities and like, but mm-hmm. especially, but like for some reason, you know, these people also are just like Indiana Jones is a Nazi hunter. You know, like he fights not in, in the last crusade Nazis. I hate these guys. I sometimes bump into them and they yeah. are, they are an obstacle in the way of the thing I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like normally I'd never get involved with the government in this case, for whatever reason, there's like a dictator who's dictating to these people, get the things that Indiana Jones is chasing after. Like yeah. I would not, I would never normally go <laughs> bump into these guys. You know, I, if I, if I had a real opposition to Nazis, I would have choked Hitler out when I bumped into him physically. Uh, but yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, but oh, but anyway, so like uh, it's, it's not like the worst movie I've ever seen. No, and no. like honestly, there are like a lot of moments with Helena that I like. She comes on kind of strong. She does come but on, but like she's like she fills a specific role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she I, has, she, you know, I was worried mm-hmm. that she was going to be the thing that YouTubers complain about, right? And she was until. I mean, like, even even though context clues tell you, like, she's angry mm-hmm. for a reason. Yep. She is not, you're, you're not supposed to applaud her for her bad decisions. Yeah. And that's what, like, the problem is with characters that people who don't know any better complain about when they see a strong, independent woman in a movie. Right. Or especially in their own franchise. And it's like, applaud her because she's like, a, because because we need, because we made her this thing. The, she has flaws. Yep. She is misguided. Mm-hmm. And what I'm very happy about, as I was worried about in Act 2, was she didn't replace Indiana Jones in the movie. Right. And I was really worried they were going to, because there's, it was going to be like in, uh, there's two shows that people complained about that had that kind of message. Mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe and Ted Lasso. Where there's a moment where the protagonist tells you that the show was never about them. Right. And it's like, um, oh, the show was named after you. <laughs> and it's like Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny. I didn't come here for the secret. I don't even remember her name. <laughs> Helena. Helena. The, the secret Helena, whatever her name, last name yeah. is. And the Dial of Destiny. Like, I didn't I didn't watch this movie for us for a backdoor pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it could be. You could do that. Sure. And I can see. I guarantee you that was the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was still an Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And her character only made only informed Indy's character as well. So like, no, it's, it's not that kind of movie. Right, it's not right. the movie people are complaining about. Right. Right. And thankfully because Indian Jones is a failure and because for the most part, people don't really care about this character. I'm not seeing nearly as much complaint about it <laughs> as I did for like star Wars or anything sure, else. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I am so sick to death of, of, of things that I am tr- of being tricked into watching a show <laughs> or a movie and then being told by the producers, ha ha, the show or movie isn't the thing you're watching it's actually the secret thing that i wanted to make in the first place cool right cool and again maybe that's another reason too that like folks didn't run out to see this they felt like they oh. had seen a movie in which like someone was supposed to kind of replace indiana jones they already did that with like, an indiana jones movie we did that we did that and, and now you're trying to do it again but it's it's a woman instead it's like all right yeah. again that kind of falls on the marketing department oops yeah that's true we although i didn't think feel, that but that's not really i what didn't we're really doing. get that i didn't really get that in this movie i was i was worried that it was going to be a thing i did a little bit just from like i mean i only just, saw just like one or two trailers commercials and trailers a yeah. lot of that like no, no, the movie no, and so like you just had to go off of what you were seeing that's and true. i was like uh, well, okay yeah yeah 
No, uh, uh, overall, I was just like, yeah, I wish that Spielberg had directed this one. I do too. I think he would have enjoyed it more so. And I, and I think some of um, the like real, like physically in a set, spaces like it they look good but it just it you know yeah. like steve uses a different like dp, DP yeah. my, uh, so like it's like yeah. yeah it's just the lighting would have been better and it is just the scene where um the kids are erasing the russians in the opening of crystal skull i'm like i none of these characters are the main character no one nothing happens to these characters i don't give a shit yeah. but it's just an endlessly watchable sequence and it's just because this dude knows how to freaking make a movie right and well, he knows uh how to hire the people who know how to make it look extra good too. well and I, i've seen him do it he just he's just like put a light here 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 and then like shoot yeah boom okay we're done get out moving on and it's like oh i love that level of competency especially with art mm-hmm. that kind of like almost henry ford <laughs> factory uh art yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you can imagine like just the, between the two of them, like I would love to see Spielberg and 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 Quentin Tarantino try to direct next to each other. Yeah, where QT is just like, okay, so here's what I'm thinking, and like Spielberg's like, we should be done by now, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay, well while you're talking to that actor, I'm gonna be finishing the movie. Yeah, well done, we're good, we're done, moving on. Because um, we, because yeah, what was it? Uh, there's a Matt Damon scene. Have you seen the Matt, the Matt Damon conversation where he talks about in being in Saving Private Ryan? No. And he's like, he did a he, they do this line. Yeah. And uh, Spielberg was like. Yeah, he's like, okay, we're good. Like we did two two takes, mm. almost like two takes freaks. But uh, uh, Damon <laughs> came up to Spielberg and he's like, hey, like, because he's like, I'm Matt Damon. I got an Oscar for writing. Like, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, like, don't you feel like we sh- we could have gotten like we should spend more time on right. this? And Spielberg was like, yeah, we could do like three, four more, five more, fifty more takes, and maybe get a better perform, maybe get a better better performance, or. I could be already setting up the next shot and know I'd get a great shot out of this. Right. And it's like, can't argue with that. Right, right, right. But also, right. like, it's like you're thinking of it like an actor, and I'm thinking of it like a director. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need an actor to, like, you know, kind of throw their weight around and get, like, good performance. Right. But also, like, uh, didn't I hire you to be a good actor? Like, I only hire good actors. And it's like, unless you hire Shia LaBeouf. But, uh, but I, at least as, in far, as far as he's concerned, like, I hire people, like, based on what I know they can give me. Mm-hmm. You gave me what I need for this. I'm I'm Steven Spielberg. I know how to make a movie. Right, right. That said, I think Jay, I think Mangold did a nice job. No, I and he, I, he, he I did some too. new things. Like he he did some new takes on old classics. Like mm-hmm. th- at one point they they fly somewhere and there's no transition. I'm like, what is happening? Yes. And then they do it. Yep, yep. And I was like, I don't know why you didn't do it before, but you did it then. But when they do it, it's different. Yeah. And I was like, this is nice looking. Yeah. No, it it, it was good and. Like you said, he did a nice job. He didn't feel like he was a discount Spielberg. No, it was just you know, it, it wasn't like they got Abrams, right? And it wasn't like it was so different that it doesn't fit in. It fits in, but doesn't feel like they're trying to just approximate Steven. They're like, nope, letting him do his own version to some degree. Yeah, like not being like, oh, you got to make sure you have the camera here and you got to set up shots like mm-hmm. this. Like, no, let him yeah. do his own thing, and it still feels like it fits in. Yeah, everybody did a nice job. John yeah. Williams doing the music for it. I was really like, what? You, you were the one. I didn't even know he was. He was working on it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, let's jump into some super chats, and then yes. we'll and then we'll uh, recommend some comics that are coming out this week that we think you should check out. Absolutely, uh, Jaybird Blue, Comic Pop Woo. Thank you very Woo. much, Jaybird. We haven't seen the new indie yet, but it's betting. It's I'm betting its box office was lower than expected because Harrison Ford isn't that big a draw anymore. Not to mention the people who already decided it was bad. Love y'all. Love you too, man. Uh, I think yeah. I'm, I think people are just going by word of mouth, and I don't know if Harrison Ford isn't a big draw anymore. I feel like he isn't. Um, that's it. 
Yeah. Uh, six second comic facts. Fun little question here. Uh, which comic character would you invite to your Fourth of July cookout? Mine would be Jubilee for the unlimited fireworks. Ooh, good question. Probably good Iceman. Oh, that's a good one too. Right. Yeah, it keeps things cool. Uh Ray Far, Compop Woo, how you guys have a happy Fourth of July. Also, I'd love to see Sal explain the quagmire that is the Hobgoblin saga to uh, Ben and Ethan one day. Well, one day you may see that. Nice. Uh did you have a character from the X-Men? I'm one? still piecing. Was it from the X-Men specifically? Oh yeah, no, it could be any comic book character. Comic book character. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Right. So it could be like Lady Death or uh Spawn or something. Oh, Alfred. Uh, yeah, she and Crasher. <laughs> Well, because like he's not gonna be able to help himself, he's definitely gonna help out. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You will have someone who stay but stay behind and clean yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, Chim Crasher, uh, I can finally do another super chat. Thank you very much, man. I wanted oh, to know you. what writer artist team would you pitch for a new Gen thirteen book? Thanks for the awesome content. That's all you. Sir. Thank you, Chim Crasher. Uh, I mean, me. I'd love to write a Gen thirteen. Are you kidding me? Uh, I have a pitch already. It's because they're in the DC universe. I have a great idea for them. Okay. But uh, you know. I, I mean, I would, you know, I, I saw J. Scott Campbell's art for uh, like a kind of, I, I, that's done. That's done. I want J. Scott Campbell to do covers, but that's it. Um, I don't know. I have a horrible pitch. Yeah. They're already working on something together. They've been working on things together. How about Mark Wade and Jamal Campbell? I mean, that would be a great looking book. Or Mark Wade and um, freaking my, the guy I like the most who's, whose name is just gone. Dan Mora. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Mora draw the hell out of a gen 13. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Dan Mora on gen 13. Oh, I guess they're not working on something. Who am I thinking of? Who's, who's, Campbell yeah, they're working, working together on uh, Superman, Batman world's finest. No, no. Who's Campbell working with? Oh, he's working with uh, Joshua Williamson. On Thank Superman. you. Um, I, I, you need I a put youth- him with Wade. Yeah. You well. need a youthful writer. Uh, I, I don't know who that would be, but I'll think about it as we okay. go. Uh, Girk Pectus carnage controlling a sentinel in rain was awesome. I guess that's true. I can't argue with that. Uh, Nick Del Tufo. Hey, Sal and Tiffany. Wishing you and all of the Comic Pop crew happy fourth. Thanks, well, Nick. Thank you you too. Happy, happy fourth. To our, our, our uh, U.S. friends. Exactly. Uh, Bryce Harriet. Hi there. How are you so good at doing interviews? That's a great question. Sam. I don't think I am, honestly. And I think that might be might be part of it. I don't I don't think I am good at them. I think it's. But, you are. but I try very hard to like make it into a relaxed, comfortable environment. It doesn't hurt that I don't interview people I don't know or like. So, you know, I. You know, so it's not like forced, mm. you know, it's only mine. You know, I, I, if you can, if you attribute it to anything, it's just enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, Chris Knife, just throwing my hat in the ring for a Nightwing of the new order back issues. Keep up the good work. Smoke bomb. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. One day, one day. Ray Farr, I always wanted to ask how comfy is the couch? That's uh, pretty comfortable. It is pretty comfy. We tested it before we bought yeah. it and it was very comfortable. Yeah, when yeah. We sat I would down. not have that necessarily. I can't in my home? my home. I just don't like the material for mm-hmm. it. But as a like showpiece and something that we sit on for quite a while when yeah. we're filming, not a problem. I'm just glad we didn't uh, get like a more deep sinking. Like I'm glad we didn't get like a, a used couch because it with the spray where it's more comfortable. A more comfortable couch would only make the show worse. I mean, legitimately though, like it, I like sometimes I'm like, ooh, we're getting close to. It may be time. We may be getting there. Uh, Boris Fraser, uh, what is Night Terrors and Ang- Ang- Oh, Angel Breaker is Angel Breaker a character? I don't know. Yes, uh, brand new character uh, invented recently. I believe that Angel Breaker is the Ghost Maker's like Joker or something. Uh, William Gosga, thank you very much, William, for your very generous uh, generous super chat. Night Terror has just ruined oh my, my gorgeous gosh, set you. of Poison Ivy covers by changing the title and font. Yep. Sorry, I'm one of those. No, that's and, okay. Yeah. And the cover uh, for the man who stopped laughing, Night Terrors, is god awful. Love you, comic pop. I mean, you know, 
that's yeah maybe you know what they should have done they should do a variant of the night terrors like books like where it's just if they're in the middle of a run mm-hmm. it's the runs aesthetic yes so you can get that that would be awesome if they did that i agree that would help out a lot chunky jesus hey tiff and sal have either of you uh maybe it's chunky jesus uh, uh, checked out Paul Dano's Riddler year one. I've been enjoying it overall. The last week or two blew me away. No, I just deliberately avoided it because I was like, I don't want to see actors jump into this world and write whatever the hell they want because they're a bit, you know, because they were doing a thing. Mm. But I'm glad he's good and I'm glad people are enjoying it. One day I will probably go back and check it all out. But in right. the meantime, I got too much stuff to read anyway. <laughs> uh, Girk Pectus, I knew the female CIA agent was going to die because she, let's not spoil the whole oh, damn movie, spoilers. please. Come on, man uh she was likable and respected indie we can't have that we need more time with fleabag karen okay that's your opinion i'm not gonna support it or uh encourage it any further dr yeah. mad think you got a really good point about media fatigue people only got so much time in their day i wonder if hollywood is going to take notice of movies like joker and cocaine bear making big profits off low, off low budgets i sincerely doubt that disney or warner brothers is going to re- learn that lesson until they like are no, the, the lesson effed? seems to be is like we'll just get those people and give them more money <laughs> Because if they were to be able to make that much with that budget, they should be able to make even more with this yeah, budget. Just, like, that's the math they do sometimes, right? I swear. Just, it only, like, your record profits only work when you don't spend that much money. <laughs> like, I don't understand. If I spend a billion dollars, I'll make three billion dollars. Like, that's not how anything works. That's, it's, it's, it's insane. I didn't know cocaine, co- cocaine bear actually made a profit. I thought, I heard it bombed. So I'm glad to hear that it worked out. Not that I saw it, but, you know. Uh, Girk Pectus upgrade is the gold standard for making a sci-fi epic and just for just $10 million. Uh, I never uh, felt the cyberpunk world look cheap. Unlike this POS blockbust. I didn't see upgrade. No, but I'll check it out. Logan Thomas. Do you think uh, the, to get hype back for franchises, the indie like indie indie, is to branch out in other media like games or shows also maybe in Elseworlds on indie trilogy. I, you know, the Indiana Jones uh, franchise has a couple of video games under its belt and they never really became a big thing. And I don't think that spending like, you know, close to a billion dollars on like a triple mm-hmm. A video game title for Indiana Jones would be the way to go. I think that Indy is just done. Got to get an app game going. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's like Bejeweled, but like, you know, it's Indiana Jones and you're grabbing antiquities. And, uh. <laughs> William Gaza, uh, a madman. I can't believe you did that Eclipso back issues. I see dozens of dollar bins all the time. Did you keep your stone that came with the book? Of course, you can't remove that. It's attached to the book. No, it's still there. I wonder if it does. If it, if it is removable, then I, I'm not going to do that. But I have two copies, so I could ruin it if I want to. But thank you. I'm glad you checked it out. I, uh, I had a lot of fun making that episode. Uh, Peas, you can feel the lack of creative integrity in that movie. I don't think so. I think that like there's a there's a limit, but I, I don't think, think that it's in some places. It, again, it just feels a little lazy sometimes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and it's an overall movie thing and not a specific thing. Yeah. I haven't quite put my finger on it. Right. Uh, Pectus returns. Uh, do you think uh, it would have helped if they remastered the classic indie Atlantis game to build up a hype? Lots of people are nostalgic for that game. I guess they are. I I don't know anyone who is, but I do also appreciate that like like we said about the video game thing i think that no i don't think i don't think a video game tie-in ever helps the movie no, and people would just be like that's just like uncharted right <laughs> exactly i mean look at uh, the captain america video game that like was just an arkham clone like that was a neat game we played it we liked it when it came out and then didn't get anybody to care about about captain america yeah not that the captain america wasn't a franchise that worked out right right, right. uh woolly nicks uh hey sal what budget would you have given this film i mean like based on what the story was mm-hmm. you know if you just kept the, the script as it was mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think $150 million, $200 million is fine. Like, I think $200 million is like where you, you, you I'd say start at a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, and go, what can, 
you know, I'd give it to the producer, right? Right. Whoever the producer is. And and, and if I were the, in charge of that kind of thing, I'd pick a producer that I know could do that kind of thing. And I don't know what producer that would be, you know, but I pick a producer that knows that kind of thing. I, yeah. I'd, I'd have to do some, a lot of research, but somebody who likes filming on location, somebody who likes scouting for stuff like that. Somebody who knows like storyboard. I'd also want a storyboard of the hell out of this movie. I had time big time. I mean, like what action set pieces are we going to do? Cause mm-hmm. like uh, last crusade, Every like five minutes is another amazing, spectacular uh, action sequence. Raiders is a lot of downtime, which I think still works, and I think you get away get away with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, be about I'd have to be on the story consultant team and be like, how are we going to make the story like feel like something and, and yeah. be about this that and the other thing? Like things that are really essential to Indiana Jones probably wouldn't have happened off camera, right? Right. Uh, especially when it doesn't cost that much to make that happen. Um, but yeah, uh, I would have started with like probably eighty million and been like what can we get out 80 of million all right 100 million okay. start with 100 million and see what we can get and then they'd go like oh we have to cut this and then maybe the third act would have to change we're like can you still do that but it doesn't have to we don't have to show as much or we could use uh, models or practical effects and it's like yeah we could probably do that and then just start from there but i think start at 100 because that's a realistic expectation right right but, but it's also less than like thor 5 mm. because we're not making thor 5 we're making the next sequel, like the last, like the last sequel was almost 20 years ago. You know, we, we don't even know if the audience is alive anymore. So right. like, let's please like, let's, let's be reasonable. About yeah. This. It's very fair. Uh, Ray Farr and mediocrity and aging fans are the two reasons why this flopped. In my opinion, what seventies, eighties franchise are you shocked still is being milked? Mine is ghostbusters. I, I want ghostbusters. I think ghostbusters is a franchise that necessarily, I don't think that ghostbusters is, is an, is an evergreen property that could easily be again, Ghostbusters is too effing expensive. There's no reason for Ghostbusters to be that expensive. The only reason, the only expense is in the practical effects mm. is to make the ghosts look really good. And even then they looked better in 84. Uh, you know, they really do. Like, I don't like, I know what a, what a CG blob looks like. All right. You know, you've done it a million times, but uh, you know, Ghostbusters is a comedy. It's an action adventure comedy. You know, it's cheap. It's funny. It should be funny. Number one, and should be tight. Just a tight script with funny people. That's your movie. Fair. And because Ghostbusters one, there's not a lot of improv in that movie. Right. It's, it's mostly written and it's written by funny people who can improv, but they didn't. Right. right the right. lines that are made up are very, are few and far between. And they're good because they're written by the same effing people who wrote the game, the, the, the script. So it's consistent, you know, uh, Ghostbusters, the, the answer, the call, like that was mostly improv, you know, it got unruly and it got, it got away from them. So like that, and that's part of the reason why the movie failed. And I don't want to get into why the other reasons why it failed, sure, sure. but you know, improv did not help that movie. No, it um, did not. You know, but Ghostbusters is one of those things where it's like you could keep making Ghostbusters movies. It's just that you got to make you got to be realistic about your expectations. You don't make a two hundred million dollar Ghostbusters movie, right? You know, just like Men in Black. Like Men in Black, you should be you, they should be making Men in Black movies. But like the problem with Men in Black is Men in Black would be more expensive each time. I guess I, I think they're good with that. In terms of like franchises that I'm still I'm eight, still making, but it says seventies and eighties. Mine is not from the seventies and eighties. It's just every time a movie like one of these comes out, I'm you're like, where is this? I'm, no, I'm surprised every time that it's still being made. Yeah, and it's because I've never seen any of them. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, but I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, and it every time another one comes out, I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm never surprised. And I'm not saying that there there isn't the audience for it, but like, if we're talking about just being shocked, yeah, that's me. I'm right there. I'm like, really, really, still okay. See, for me, with Fast and the Furious, I could never care less about that franchise. I get why people go see them. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, you still have never convinced me to see one. Like, I've never seen anything from a Fast and the Furious movie where I'm or a trailer where I'm like, 
yeah, I guess I'll go see this. Like, the, <laughs> that, like I, I know Transformers movies are bad. Okay. Seeing that Beast Wars trailer, I'm like, well, I guess I got to go see that stupid Transformers movie. Yeah. I still haven't, but I do want to see it more than Fast X. Yeah, yeah. So, someone else mentioned in, in our chat, yeah. I, I want to bring it up because I think this is a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Like, are you not surprised that people are like, there's still an interest? No, I'm never surprised. Ninja Turtles is an evergreen <laughs> franchise. Okay. All you have to do is you have to be clever and you have to be re- you have to reinvent it. I think this this latest one, this Mutant Mayhem movie. Yeah. I think this is the the first greatest effort to connect with a with a new audience like every attempt since the franchise fell apart, like since since the 2003 animated series, which mm-hmm. I think is the last time that there was a new audience for Ninja Turtles. That's not every, true because that show kids watch that. They did, but I don't think it was as I don't think it connected. I don't think it was as as impactful as okay. the as the 03 mostly Peter layered animated series okay i think the cg show like came and went and i yeah. think it had its it had a moment but it didn't have the moment okay uh i think that like they they've been trying to figure out like they've been trying to do the calculus on it and it's like just make it relevant to the people who are watching it now mm-hmm. you know but the idea of like feeling like an outcast of like making them all have individual personalities that are you know like sex in the city oh each one has a or the golden girls this is this is each archetype you know like sure. ninja turtles each you're the smart one you're the leader you're the angry one you're the funny one yeah, like yeah. it's it, it's so cut and paste easy and it's like but it's it, you can make it work every time right every generation they're like magical girls they're like magical girls yeah they're like yeah they're like the sailor scouts it's really what it is <laughs> um adam fraser um indy's massive budget isn't helped by the 10 million dollar beatles needle drop at the beginning of the movie i really enjoyed the film though I couldn't believe that was for me. I was like, oh, my God, this is the first time I've heard a real Beatles song in a movie, maybe in my life. Like, it's so it must be so expensive, Mm -hmm. but it's so rare. And I for me, I was like, I liked it because I was like, it is 1969. Like, if you're going like, don't do CCR again. You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I was like, you can afford it. Do it. I didn't even remember it happened. It was a couple I, times, but I, I was like, I don't remember what song it was. Yeah, I don't recall actually off the top of my head what it was. <laughs> but I was like, this I, is but like, but that's the kind of thing where it's like, I'm sure in the moment I appreciated it. Yeah, but, but like, it didn't matter. But it didn't really matter. And that was a lot of money. Well, and you didn't like, there's never been a needle drop in an Indiana Jones movie except in Indiana Jones 4 with Hound Dog by Elvis. Mm-hmm. Like, and be, because you have John Williams, what the hell do you need to borrow other people's music for? guardians of the galaxy yeah well guardians of the galaxy is about that but but i'm just saying like but they but people don't get that nuance no they don't well that's you know all along the watchtower and fucking watchman <laughs> Peach to clarify i meant the studio is not indie per se fair enough yeah no the studios definitely they don't care they're not yeah that, the lack of creativity exactly yeah. uh but yeah so um let's jump into some super or let's explain uh the super the books that are coming out let's do that <laughs> Also, we did watch, um, if anybody else is watching, we did watch Secret, um, Invasion. Secret Invasion. We watched the first two episodes, episodes, and it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't support at all that opening um, credit sequence, no. and we skip right past it, yep. because uh, that's trash, and you're trash for doing it. Yep. Sorry. AI I, images are uh, uncreative and stupid, and I understand there's like a there, there's a justification for it where they're like, oh, well, you know, because it's like it's made by like a foreign alien thing. Like it's 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 got the uncanny valley and it's like, screw you. You are not that that is what you made up after you already decided to do it. But it also like doesn't hit right now because it's like it's not right. There's people outside your freaking studio who are picketing at you because you're because you're cheap and trying to replace them with garbage. Yeah. And so then you put like, this like, in your show. I mean, 
what do you, they, there's nothing they can do about that. No. But like it literally just says like it just it looks like it, it doesn't look as good as the other ones, but they're just doing it's not like they're doing like a new style of opening. Everyone's doing the old like Daredevil the same crap. style of opening. Yep. It's just, you know, they didn't have to pay as much for it. Yes, that's right. Anyway. Yeah, no, but it's stupid. Um this uh this this show is boring. Like it is and it isn't. Like there are times where at time, like I feel compelled, yeah. To, like for what's going on, and you know, Sam Jackson gets a, a nice chance to you know stretch his muscles a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more acting wise, and I and I really appreciate it. Um, you know, there are things that I'm like, cool, yeah. But the it's it's kind of strangely paced, yes. And I wish they pushed the lighting. Mm-hmm in the show a little bit more and you've heard me complain about that before especially with like netflix shows where everything just kind of looks like flat yeah unnoty mm-hmm. this doesn't have that quite a, like that effect it's like almost there yeah but they were afraid they were afraid to push shadows and like this movie yeah. sh- or this movie this show should feel yeah like in the shadows yes a little bit like, they should, should really have well, that yeah, feel yeah they need it needs to play with it are there there are sequences in this in this show there are scenes that i guarantee you were using either the circle room or cg yeah and i don't know I can't always tell. Oh, I was yeah. like, hey. There are some things where I was like, there's no, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a Marvel thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see the CG, yeah. but there are a couple moments where I can't, and I'm like, all right, right. Uh, and and I think the movie has a not a maturity. Show. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show does not. It has a maturity, yeah. but I don't want to necessarily call it maturity because it's like, how mature is it? It's just you're know, like, oh, they're cutting fingers off. Oh, that's pretty dark. You know, it's a, but there's a darkness that they're embracing about this that I appreciate. Yeah, and uh, there's like a bold. Let's say boldness. There's a boldness to the show that I have not seen yeah. from the MCU, especially in its television department, in quite some time. And uh, and I I I I like it, mm. and I'm glad that they are embracing it. Yeah. No, like, and again, like it's not like I'm not enjoying it. I, you know, yeah. Like I said, there's parts of it that really do interest me, and mm-hmm. and 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 parts of it that I'm just like. I guess we just need to kind of see where this is going. Yeah. Obviously, that's pretty much any show. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's just, you know, it's a shorter show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six episodes, six to eight. And, I, and I, don't, I do like a slow burn, but I'm like. Not this slow. But like, like, I need you. Like, if you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Like. Get to I, it. I don't want you to rush an ending. No. That's really what I'm worried about. And yeah. so, like, if they don't, great. Right. But awesome. Like, right. Seems, my, fears were right. Un, my fears were unwarranted. Yeah, but streaming shows, like, the, the new format seems to be. Uh, spin your wheels slash extend your your narrative for four episodes right. and then just shove four five four more episodes worth of content into two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's not what i'm looking for yeah uh i do i think everyone's doing a good job i don't um i wish this was the end of i wish this was the plot for defenders Ooh. like okay. you know what i mean yeah it also it, that's what it feels like it reminds me of the netflix shows a little yeah, bit which is a good bit. thing yep yep I I've mentioned this, but because we're only two issues or two episodes into it, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at times it's like this is very much like scroll invasions, like it yep. feels like that. But then it's also like Secret War. Yeah, yeah, but I I, I want Secret War would be a great show slash movie. Right, but, but it I'm would, like you'd... don't don't use all your stuff for that. I know. Like, just make this invasion. Like every once in a while, I get like a little like oh don't like do no save yeah. that yeah. save that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a good show. Uh, for, oh, yeah. spe- for the Mar- for Marvel Studios, it's a good show. Yeah. For regular streaming services, I think it's a fine show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think because the, because the, each episode, I think, is an hour. 
it's like it is like it's 56 minutes i think per episode and it's like that's a long time and not a lot is going on per episode like and i feel like there should be a lot more like there's like there's a lot of nuanced stuff that's going on i have no problem with no yeah there's some times where i feel like um we're not again we're gonna see what happens where this goes i just feel like maybe like a few more layers of this onion need to be peeled back well like this to the 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 roadie fury scene yes they'd never do that in a sh- in the movies no and i think that's great and i'm like you're doing it like yeah, yeah more yep, of yep, this yep. more acting and more like nuance like roadie is a superhero mm-hmm. in the movies he does the right thing but in this it's like he is not a, not a bastard he's just he's he's playing the game he's doing the thing and it's yeah. like that's so good mm-hmm. and i really like it um you know, but there's scrolls in this. Let's put some like let's let's play with this a little bit more. Let's have some fun with this. Mm-hmm. This I know it costs money, and I know you've got like people on retainer and and on contract. Like, go for broke. Yeah. You know, I know you're building up to super scroll, and I know you're going to use like you're you're going to do the next best thing instead of return. Like instead of bringing back Guy Pierce as Ultra killing him, but he's a scroll instead, mm-hmm. or instead of bringing back Ironmonger. You know what I mean? Like, oh, um, he didn't die, but he really did. And it's just a scroll or he died and he was a scroll back there. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's why he had such a heel turn. Like, no, the guy who was in charge of the 10 rings, the guy who was in, in Obadiah Stane, they were scrolls. You're like, go for it. Like, well, because they have to get the sign off from the people who played them. That they'll, I agree. But back. like, of course they would. Ka-ching, nobody. <laughs> it wasn't like Jeff Bridges was Obadiah Stane because he was like, I really like the character. and I like the nuance of this guy. You know what? what let's get into his head. What, 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 what was that? What, what would possess a man to build an Iron Man suit like that? Like, no one's <laughs> thinking that. They're doing it for the shekels. Do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But go for it. But instead, they're like, no, we'll just give one nameless actor a whole bunch of their powers mm-hmm. and call him Super Scroll. That is that sucks. And not not that I'm looking for a Fantastic Four reference. I know they're not doing it. I, I don't, and for the love of me, for the life of me, I don't know why the hell they're wasting their time spinning their wheels not doing that. Yeah. You're like, we should be seeing, we should be seeing Baxter buildings and at least like future foundation letterhead. And like, we, we come on. And, and like, and, and how dare you show a sequence of 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 newscasters and J. Jonah Jameson is not one of them at this point. Well, I I think it has more to do with I know with Sony, legal. but like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like part of the reason why we are excited about that is because we can do it. I want to see these characters reading daily bugles. I know. Anyway, I not, know. but like th- that, none of that gets annoying. But like in, in Falcon Winter Soldier, Spider-Man should have swung across the sea, the sky when, uh, when, when Winter Soldier's looking up at the sky, he's looking up there. He's really looking at Spider-Man and you should have had that scene and it wouldn't have cost any money to have him. You have a, you have a PNG of him doing that already. Like just put it in there. Okay. A PNG is. A, no, is I know, a- <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you have a, you, you, no, I'm saying literally just have a PNG, just just go whoop, and then no, that's horrible. I know. You would be mad about it. I would be very happened. bad. But like you know, just just <laughs> you have you have a, a sequence of Spider-Man swinging from a distance. Just put it in there. I'm not saying that like every every Marvel property sucks because it doesn't have Spider-Man in it. I'm not that force for the trees kind of person. Okay. I, I'm just, but I am saying that like you know, I'm I'm so sick of this like. Will they? Won't they? What can we? Can we not? I know. And like dancing, the dancing around things. Because Spider Man is my is my you know white whale. I'm just saying like Fantastic Four, same deal. You own all this crap. Put it in the damn thing. Like put it in there. Be excited about it. You know, you had the audacity to put a Captain America shield in Iron Man two. Put it all in there. It's not like you're afraid of it. Do it. (laughs) 
you know, put Daredevil in the damn thing if you're going to be that, for, you know, but like, I, I'm just saying, you know, it's just, I know. And none I of that, did, none of that is detracting from the show. It's all window no, dressing. I do want to say that a lot of the actors are great in the show. They are. They've been good performances. Yeah, I'm not, and, uh, I'm not wild about the guy who plays the main bad guy, but like, you know, but he's like, like, he's not great, but he's not bad. He's just there, you know, but he's just there, you know, okay. You, you got Sigourney Weaver to be in Defenders. You could be if anybody be this guy that's clearly going to die at the end of the show, you know, <laughs> like clearly setting up Amelia Clark to go take over for him. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like clearly she's going to be the Vernacki character. Like well, she's going to change. She's going to choose a new name. Yeah, of course. Of course. But like, you know, do get, get a fun character actor. You get Paul Giamatti to play him for, you know, somebody fun. Yeah, he's just, he, I am actor man. I'm in a show or something. Mm. I've, you've never seen me before unless you're a connoisseur. Maybe he was on an Apple plus show. I don't know. But like, you know, it's just like his stuff. Where, like, like the dude who played uh, Shooter McGavin is like, the, I'm like, yes, oh, right. that's fun. You know, not that like they need to all be character actors, but you know, like, th yes, this is, this is as high drama as the MC is going to get. And I get that, but like, have fun, mm. please. You own it. What's the point of owning all the toys if you don't play with them? Well, and and while you have your things that you're very passionate yeah. about, well, I know they're... it's not for everyone else. And and for me, like for this show, I really hope in the last episode it makes room for Abigail Brand to show up. Yeah, maybe they can change the name of that thing from saber to sword. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's just yeah, she could be like, I'm not going to rattle my saber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Brand needs to be in this. Uh, I think they cast her. Yeah, I think they did cast her. Yeah, they did. Anyway, I don't know who it is. Yeah, but uh, the best. I just want to be surprised. No, because yeah, yeah. Like, anyway, uh, it's a good show. Like it's good. Yeah, and I think I'm definitely gonna watch more of it. But like, and, and I'm not. It's not. It ain't Moon Knight. We're like episodes where I'm just like. That was a, not a show for us. We were not fans. It was not that. a show for. But I'm just listen, like, just look at my phone. That's your thing. Yeah, but this is good. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is fun. It's dark. It's it's it's. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. pretty dark. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know if there was any others. I think we're. I think there good. were two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ali Alziati. Oh, it's an ex uh, oh, I'm doing it. Thank you. Extraction Two is a great looking movie and cost sixty five million dollars. There you go. I mean, Chris Chris Hemsworth probably cost forty five million. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> but yes. Uh, Saray Far say it. Tiff and Sal Disney using AI is insulting. Agreed. Yeah. Now someone did say that artists did work on it, but like it's, if you can it's, call them that it's really weird no i mean maybe, maybe they did have their artists do it i don't yeah. know maybe hopefully the the guild or the um their union said no you have to you have you to, have to have artists. like artists work on this um yeah that, that could be but you know what i'm gonna skip it anyway now it's the time of the show where we're gonna recommend some books that are coming after you this week yay uh daredevil 13 gotta pick that up it's great uh fantastic series uh adventures of superman um jonathan kent he's dealing with injustice i read the last one i, for, I don't think i read it or reviewed it last time but like it's good you know mm -hmm. it's it good enough uh and look i'm gonna read the night terrors books i'm complaining about them? it yeah, well, no. <laughs> but I'm going to read Night Terror's Batman. I'm going to read Night Terror's okay. First Blood. Um, and we'll see. Like, I, The reality is I need to look at the creative teams. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, I got to look at that before I can like, really make it. Is the my... people who have been working on the books? I sincerely doubt it. Oh, you don't know. Uh, Steelworks number two is coming out. I probably won't read this anymore. We'll see. I, I'm going to give it one more shot. I didn't not like the last one. I just wasn't like... It didn't grab me the way I wanted it to. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, this looks fun. Okay. Um, so I will read the second issue, and then we'll see if I continue to read this series. Got anything else? Uh, Barnstormers number one is coming out in physical. Uh, I had championed this book when Scott was on, used to come on this channel, and uh, 
it was uh and i was so excited for it and i didn't like i read the first issue and i was like this is great and then okay. i just fell off because i it was during that time when like there was no guide of you on desktop for comiXology it was all crap and i was like bah. so i just i just swore off comiXology completely so now i'm glad to be getting back into it and trying that out is this a book that's collecting it's collecting free comic book day titles and they're going to charge you for it hey what a great idea marvel zero number one buy things that you probably have for free a deluxe edition collecting marvel's gold 2023 free comic book day titles yeah that's what that is i'm gonna charge you oh no, no. Uh, where is it how much is it uh, seven dollars <laughs> i mean maybe there's something more in there Eat I, me. I don't know watch out for that one though don't don't necessarily grab that yeah, um, don't okay. grab that uh, things that I'll be grabbing this week, X-Men number 24 is coming out. So definitely going to read that along with Doctor Strange number five. Um, X-Men Before the Fall Sinister. Definitely going to be checking that out. If you checked out this week's before the, or last week's Before the Fall, uh, you got a lot of information about Apocalypse and the backstory between he and Genesis. Yes. So if you were wondering about that relationship, how the, how what they've been up to, why he doesn't seem to be... Like with her right now, yeah, that's the issue. Where Ewing's going to tell you all about it. Oh, um, the Sinister Four number one that'll be coming out this week is by Kieran Gillen. So, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, he's he's really. Been I didn't even hear about that book. This? Yeah, Sinister Four. The... Well, yeah, because it's before the fall. Sinister Four. I know. I'm just and saying, I never talking, heard of it. Well, because they're talking about all four of the the Sinisters, all four <laughs> of the the suits. Yeah, that's cool. So, like, I'm I'm down for that. Please, mm -hmm. please write more. Thank you. Yep. very much. I, I appreciate you. Uh, Gargoyles number seven also will be coming out. So I'm gonna try to. What about Phantom Road? That? Oh, did I miss that? Oh yeah, Phantom Road number five. Yeah. Heck yeah! Grab that. Read, reading, reading yep. the heck out of that one. What would like that? more thank you very much yeah gargoyles we have the uh dynamite sent us the pdf so we can actually read that Ooh, if you want wow that, I, I feel i feel very fancy right now with, yeah. with that thank you very much i appreciate that mm -hmm. i'd like to like that too yeah and i don't know if it came out this past week or if it's coming out soon but um i i i had an opportunity uh full transparency uh, uh uh idw sent me a copy of uh ninja turtles stranger things number one i didn't see it on here and i don't want to review it unless it's been out already so i'll just say that like if you haven't already read it you should check it out because it's like actually like it's, it's pretty fun like yeah. it's a it's a stupid fun book that i was like this is really cool and the art is cool because it's set in like 84 or 85 i don't remember what year but like it's set in the 80s so the turtles look like they're from the 80s so like mm. they're they're on design from that t period and i'm like that's smart and i read it in black and white but apparently i was like oh you should put out a black and white edition but i saw a preview page of it in color and i was like oh but the colors are good <laughs> all right there you go i also want to give a quick shout out this came out this past week good deeds number two um I, this is a book i talked about uh i guess about a month ago yes um it's an idw book as well this is not sponsored by idw this is just a book i picked up nope. it's, it's a scott snyder presents dark spaces by uh shay or shy uh grayson and kelsey ramsey and i just want to say like i read the first issue and i was like this is really good and it feels like it's taking like twists and turns and i gotta tell you the second issue was just as good if oh not, good like, even a little stronger mm -hmm. and the end few pages takes a hard left turn oh i was like what okay cool yeah um really digging on it there's like some moments in here that like make me feel like it's like it's not this at all but it just gave me these like vibes of like almost a reverse jaws you know how it's like you know they're like no there's no shark it's fine it's cool and in yeah. this it's like no it's gators trust me it's gators. <laughs> and i'm like like is it gators well, no, I, don't think it I think it's monsters <laughs> so um if you're like right now for some reason 
like summer vibes right now for me are horror. So I've been looking for that. So this, I also poked through Tenement. It's oh, yes. the next Bone Orchard book. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to that because I didn't really get a chance to truly read it, read it. Um, but it's got a lot of good things going for it from what I can see. A bunch of people who come together in a place where it's just like, is there a connection? I don't know. And then there's like keys and, oh, we got to open the door. Like that kind of oh, stuff. No. I, I love that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not snow horror, but I do like that as well. So yeah. I've just been like looking for some horror stuff this yes. summer. And if you have not already, because I know, and I know many of you haven't, so you should definitely check out my chat with Daniel Warren Johnson, AKA D-Dubs, AKA Dubbers. Uh, you should definitely watch that interview <laughs> where we chat about uh, Transformers. But listen, it says Transformers on it, but we also talk about uh, this Darth Vader, Star Wars Darth Vader, black, white, and red comic in which he himself drew and wrote the story in here in the middle there's actually like a few stories and they're all really cool ones by mark bernardin from uh kevin smith fame mm -hmm. and his own personal achievements as well uh but also uh, jason aaron wrote a story in here uh but the standout is daniel warren johnson's book or story annihilated he did not tell us it was called annihilated uh but it is all drawn uh and written by d-dubs and, uh, you know, if you watch that episode, he does pull up his, uh, oh my God, it was a double page splash. Uh, he, um, he pulls up his original drawing files and shows you like the work that goes into it and everything. And all the deleted moments that, uh, Lucasfilm did not want him to put in here. Uh, because let me tell you, like, this is a cool scene. Like right here, he was very proud of this page. It looks better in my episode because oh, you cool. can, because you can zoom in and yeah, look at it yeah, and everything. Yeah. And it's really worth checking out. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. It's just like it's the kind of Star Wars where you know he said he never watched Visions, and I was like, oh, you gotta watch Visions. Oh wow, okay. And uh, but it's it's like a Visions episode. Okay, that's funny because I I picked up I don't know if I would do we buy it this no the other one that I was looking through because there was the like, Peach Momoko one. Yeah, I think I don't like, think, I think so. it's like no, issue two of this. Peach Momoko writes and draws, draws it. and it's again because it's it's whatever they want to tell the story of and like. It feels the same only because it's a single mind coming mm -hmm. up with a story, but they're yes. two totally different takes on it. Right. And I love Dan Warren jo Johnson's art, and I like like the story he was telling in this. Yeah. But like hers was like right up my alley. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, it, 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 it there's there's something for everybody in all these books. Yeah, but uh, that one was issue I think two. That's issue two. So go check that out as well. But definitely uh, pick this up and and watch the episode where we talk about it because yeah. uh, it, it's a really fun one. It's and tough. quick shout out to Green Arrow three. Uh, if you love Green Arrow and the Green Arrow family, there's a fan mwah, retcon in there that you're going to freaking be like, oh, you gave a story reason why there's something like this happening. Uh, and a big special cameo, big surprise, last page reveal, which you definitely need to check out if you are a big fan of Green Arrow and uh, the Green Arrow mythos and uh, his friends. And, and, and Green Arrow and all his friends. And 90s comics, you may love it. I know I did. Uh, but anyway, we want to thank you so much for indulging this episode where we talk about a lot of different things, most of which was not comics, but we will be back uh, to talk about comics again on this show here on Off the Rack and uh, Comic Pop Returns. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. We'll see you guys next time with a new episode. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. So everybody, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.